Home baby. Hey. Roots the Grooves. What is up, everybody? Welcome back, everybody. We got Jay Purcell here, founder of Signal Radio. And we have Jesse Quigley over here. That's me. That's I, you. I founded nothing. <laughs> I was gonna say founder of um what's your band called? <laughs> oh Candy Flowers. Candy Flowers. The sorry, Candy yeah. Flowers, yeah. The Candy Flowers. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that's all I founded so far, but you know. I'm co-founder of Roots to Grooves. Yeah. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. We're talking about Jim James. Yim Yames. Also known as Yim Yames. I think he has a, has a project out called under the name Yim Yames. Yeah, which he is not happy about. And we can talk about that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but I, I, it's a good name, though. Yeah. Nonetheless. Uh, so if nobody knows who this guy is, he's... Um, and it was, it, was, it was interesting for me because when I first discovered Jim James, I didn't know that he was also the main songwriter and kind of band leader of my morning jacket right yeah and that's a super cool band which i haven't still have a lot to explore i haven't really gotten into them yeah um but as far as i know they're a band from kentucky mm-hmm. and kind of indie a little country influence psychedelic mm-hmm. country rock yeah. type thing that's so, what i heard yeah i've all i've always heard of their name my morning jacket same. Never really got into, heard of their music. I kind of always thought they were sort of like Blink Blink One Eighty Two type thing. Yeah, it sounds something. more like that. Sounds like that type of name or something. But um, I, I completely really agree. Know, yeah. <laughs> I remember getting driven to to elementary school in California. Yeah. And I would hear that name, My Morning Jacket. I always thought it was um, like I just have this memory of hearing that on the radio, the announcer, and I thought it was like a radio show uh, yeah. in the morning <laughs> or something. It sounds like My Morning Jacket, yeah. you know, with with John and. Alice, you listen to my morning jacket. Exactly. That's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, whatever. But I never explored after that. Come to find out they're a cool band. Yeah. So I, d- I hadn't heard of Jim James at all until you brought him to me. And uh, yeah, saw the the connection to the, that band. And I uh, was like, oh, okay. I didn't really um know that. I started listening to his most recent album first before I found that out. So Right. That That's a great place to start. That's where I would start. Yeah. Um, the sound of... Uh, what's it called? Uh, regions of Light and Sound of God. I apologize. Um, yeah, well, his most 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 recent one that I was listening to, which we can talk about later. Was oh, called, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm totally uh, messing this up. That was the first <laughs> that album the first that he came out. One. Yeah, The Order of Nature is the one I was talking about. Okay. And we'll get into that later. But uh, yeah, rewinding back. Um, uh, yeah, he's had what? What? One, two, three, four, five, six-ish albums. Yeah, it was like five or six solo albums separate from My Morning Jacket who has a whole discography unto themselves, which um, is definitely worth checking out. Yeah, and And, some of these albums are like, like, you know, well, let's give a quick overview, I guess, of his albums right before we dive into it, maybe? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, I mean, first of all, he's from My Morning Jacket, the main songwriter, and um, he usually sings for that band, and he plays guitar or some lead guitar, usually. They came out with their first album in 1999, I believe. Oh, well. Um, So then, looking into the future, he he brought out his first solo album, Regions of Light and Sound of God, Mm -hmm. and that's the album that I discovered him. Okay, yeah. Um, 2013, that came out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the other album that where I was discovering him that I really love is Eternally Even, which came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, he did the Tribute 2 album, which is a, an album full of George Harrison songs, I believe. Yeah, so on Spotify, they only released that on there in 2017. But 
apparently that was his first actual solo thing, which he originally released in 2009. Right, okay. And it was like an EP. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, a cover of George Harrison songs, all done sort of like acoustically, I think. Like, and the, the Jim James or Yim Yam style. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think he said they donated some proceeds that to that album to the Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary. Yeah, which is cool. Which is a cool thing to do. Um, yeah. And then so, but yeah, then later on he did another one, Tribute 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. <laughs> which I'm not sure if that was original or not. I don't know. That uh, one I didn't get to look into. I'm not sure if it's all original. I feel like it's maybe, I don't, I don't want to say too much about it because I don't know that much about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, I, I think it, I think it's a tribute to other music. Also, yeah. you, I think yeah. most of them are covers. Yeah, I would I would bear to guess. Yeah, and then 2018 Uniform Distortion, another solo album. Yeah, of good Jim James, um, styled music. Yeah, which he, uh, yeah, I think like yeah, maybe we we're jumping ahead a bit too much because there's some interesting things to say about. Yeah, that yeah, album we are. Those two. But we want to make sure everyone yeah. has a, a little bit of an overview for if you've never heard of Jim James, like. Like yeah, I hadn't yeah. until I discovered him. I discovered him in 2017 or so. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it was another record that I was listening to on that trip to see the eclipse. Oh yeah. To bring that back up. So yeah, that was kind yeah, of yeah. my timetable of when I got to know this guy. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of that track that we played at the very start? Because that's one of my favorites off of the first album, Eternally Even. Hide in Plain Sight. Yeah. That was really cool. Super sure cool. Thing. Super vibey. It, it reminds me of a little bit of Glass Animals. Oh. Uh, Especially the vocals. Yeah. Kind of the smooth, chill vocals with the cool, yeah. kind of vibey beat. His vocals are sort of different style, though, right? Mm-hmm. To that guy from Glass Animals, I think. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. Totally. But yeah, it's, it's cool because I, I, I discovered this music and I wouldn't have guessed this guy came from kind of a country background. No. I mean, from Kentucky with a yeah. My Morning Jacket having a little bit of country influence. Yeah. And when you hear him talk as well, he has a little bit of a twang to his uh-huh. voice, I think. A little yeah. bit of that Kentucky. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a good old boy. He's super, super yeah. cool, super humble, super yeah. insightful, yeah. um, kind of introspective guy yeah, yeah. from the interviews that I was seeing. He's, he just seems super, yeah. you know, super loving and super honest and super earnest. Down and to he, earth. Yeah. yeah, totally. And he tries yeah. to bring that successfully to his music and kind of translates yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's really good at that. That's kind of what made me fall in love with a lot of his stuff. Yeah, and and like so, how how would you say the style of his solo stuff is? Because I think he mixes up a little bit. It seems like yeah, it, it ranges yeah. from indie rock, yeah, psych rock, yeah, um, and then he's doing some stuff like on his later album, like his last album that he came out with. It's kind of based around an orchestra. Oh, super good album. Yeah, 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 I think that's great, and I think the orchestra was from his hometown of Kentucky um yeah and then some of his stuff is kind of more acoustic folky americana singer songwriter type stuff yeah yeah. so yeah he's not afraid to go into a few different directions especially with his solo project and get creative while he's staying true to himself yeah yeah. i think he likes a lot of different kinds of genres of music Mm -hmm. you know as many great musicians do and he he brings these influences from different you know areas of the music world and put them together as he sees fit in the moment yeah yeah definitely so yeah super cool yeah. guy yeah. um do we have anything else to say about his his background or something um well see well, his his real name is james edward there we go we could start with oliges or oliges jr I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name which is probably why he just went with jim james <laughs> yeah exactly where stage name. do we know where the the james came from um 
I don't know for sure. I'm just probably guessing because his first name is James. That he just like I think, and that's G- shortened to Jim. Yeah, so he was just like just Jim James. Jim James. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, I'll take that. that that's I enough. I don't know for sure. Maybe I, maybe that was his nickname growing up. I don't know. I have no friends named James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend, I have a friend called James, but he goes by Jim. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, so most people named Jim are actually named James. Is that fair depends. to say? It's an interesting thing. I, I've noticed it more over here where people have full names and they stick to them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if your name's James, it's James. I go by James. Like, uh, but in England, like anyone that's called James or Stephen or Michael, everyone just automatically shortens your name to like Steve, Mike, whatever. Like, and no one says anything about it. But I've noticed Fair. over here in America, people are very more specific about, no, it's actually James, uh, you know. Look at my birth certificate. <laughs> But, um, respect me yeah exactly so i hate my real name is jason that's true yeah so i mean I we all know you as jay i just went that because everyone called me jay anyway and it was just feels like easy one syllable that's great <laughs> spelled j-a-y however yeah i added a, a letter that didn't exist in my real name just so yeah. too cool for school just to cool. come on make up my name yeah. <laughs> reinvent myself um yeah so i mean he grew up in the uh, highlands douglas neighborhood of louisville kentucky yeah um went to st martha grade school and graduated from st xavier high school in mm-hmm. 96 so he graduated from high school in 96 so he's got his high school diploma he's yeah. off and rocking and then stayed in kentucky and went to university there as well mm-hmm. and i don't think so. he i don't think he graduated with a with anything i think he just attended there for a little while as far as i was yeah, I know. As far as I, I know. I heard, because um, one interviewer asked him, like, if you weren't doing music for a living, what would you be doing as a day job kind of thing? Right. And he said something around he would like to be an art teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he, like, studied it a little bit, uh, art history or something. I'm not sure, like, if he actually, that's what he did in university, whether he was intending to do that and was studying for it. Right. But, yeah, it was interesting because he said that um, he felt that art in school is more of a, a subject that's more like free form to teach mm-hmm. and to learn versus music. Like he always actually felt that music was mathematical and, you know. There's a lot of cool things yeah. you can do with music, but when they're teaching it to you, it's still, yeah. it's like, you have to do this, show me that you can do that, yeah. do this. And it's all kind of boxy. Yeah. When most musicians in the world know that the sky's the limit as far as what you're Yeah. And he said like, yeah, that's his like, yeah, experience of it at school was that way. And he said, even now, like, you know, he'll be in the band, My Morning Jacket, and he'll be explaining to some orchestra or something like, I want it to sound purple and red or whatever. Yeah. And then like the other band member is like, that's a D diminished seventh. Like, you know, so he's like, it's helpful. Purple, what I yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I said. Purple, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, uh, yeah, his, his, what he would have done him. But then I think he just discovered music really young, at a young age said he was kind of a nerdy kid mm-hmm. like had the big thick glasses right couldn't afford his family couldn't afford like you know for him to wear like the latest fashion that was hip with school and stuff like that totally so i don't really know too much about it, but it sounds like he was you know kind of a little bit of an outsider maybe a bit of a loner i'm not sure mm-hmm. like, um and just kind of like yeah kind of was picked on a lot he said he was picked on a lot at school and stuff he had a lot of character building going on yeah growing up yeah 
And I think that shows, I think it, one of the things I saw when he was um, on one of the interviews I saw was that, you know, he says life is confusing and he's, he's just trying to not be confused. Yeah. And so it sounds very much like, you know, he's, I don't know, in his 40s now yeah, or so. I think so. Yeah, Maybe. he was born in 78. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he's 40 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just kind of on his, his own um, self-discovery for personal peace. Yeah. You know, and he's very much still trying to, still kind of trying to find himself. Yeah. And see what, what, what himself means to himself, you know? Yeah. And what, what he means to the world, I think. So he's just kind of being introspective, thinking about his place in the world and what that means to everybody else. Yeah. Um, as, as we all do to an extent. Yeah. And he's, there's something he brings up pretty much in every interview I've seen and read of his. It seems to be a common theme. Um, and I thought, I think it's like sort of interwined with his, um, you know, partying, rock star lifestyle, you know. Right. Um, you know the drinking thing he's always sort of back and forth between going sober for months on end to you know drinking i think Mm -hmm. one of the most recent things he said is apparently he heard that you know bjork uh would drink a liter of vodka every friday (laughs) oh yeah i think i I think i and then not not the rest of the week and so he sort of got inspiration from that he was like well if i can allow myself to indulge like once a week you know then 90 percent of the time i'm just kind of you know behaving like kind of, i mean everything but, in moderation i think that's great yeah i mean it is easy to i mean i've been there i'm sure you have like going on benders totally. and uh like you know if uh especially in the music world you know it's obviously it's, obviously that's a little bit of an excuse maybe for <laughs> some people but like uh you know it is just, because you know music is about fun and partying and if that's your job and you're like constantly out every night playing shows and mm-hmm. doing stuff on the road kind of thing you know those two things sort of go hand in hand you know because all your fans totally. and people that come to see you are there to basically party so totally yeah. and you know yeah. alcohol is seen as a social lubricant and it yeah, makes yeah. a lot of people feel a little chiller yeah. while they're in an unknown venue in an unknown city that's what um what's his name said you know what's his name <laughs> we got a lot of names floating around these uh, days from a previous episode we did the like edm producer guy mm, uh, was it bonobo no the other american guy lives on a farm in california okay now. okay 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 the polish ambassador polish ambassador yeah. right that's he said that specifically about not feeling comfortable in mm-hmm. a venue or something go straight to the bar kind of thing yeah. yeah and a lot of times that's kind of the easy way out like i don't know how to interact i don't know these people let me just get a drink in me yeah. and yeah, and that's one of the things Polish ambassadors said is I don't want to have to depend on, yeah. on any kind of substance in order to interact with my fans or the people who I'm surrounded by. Yeah. And ideally, you should be able to, you know, be in a mindset where you can interact with people successfully, mm-hmm. while not being on any dependent on any substance or anything yeah. like that. So it's a cool way to go about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So many distractions in the world. Yeah. And it's while you're traveling around, it's super. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, yeah, his battle with, you know, that side of things and and also, you know, like he's kind of gone the opposite direction. He said he's gone to do like silent retreats or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he said he can only stand it for like one day. Like, I think it's kind of like the opposites thing. I kind of understand that. It's like when you're here doing this one thing, you want to do exactly the opposite. And then when you're doing that thing, you want to do. Grass is always greener. (laughs) Yeah, so he's like, yeah, he's gone to these like meditations and he's like, oh, this is crazy. Like, this is 
I can't be here. It was just like, I'm in a Buddhist prison. He literally mm-hmm. said that. <laughs> but then, you know, he'll go and end up indulging a bit too much on the party front and then want to go do that again. So it's like a, you know, there's a balance. I think everyone has that. I think one thing he totally. does do, which um, also inspires him creatively, is going on long walks. He likes to sort of kind of just mm-hmm. go out and hike around where he's at kind of thing. Yeah, and just uh, as a form of meditation, a point to... Yeah. Allow himself to just kind of think and uh, let things come into his head and let them go mm-hmm. and, and give yourself some time to, to process things. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, he realizes there's so many distractions with your multiple projects and I got to get this done. I got to get that done. Mm-hmm. I got to talk to these people. I got to talk to those people. And sometimes you just need a little bit of time, a little yeah. bit of fresh air yeah. and, and allow your thoughts to be without having to react and respond to every single one. Yeah. Um, so he gives him time. He's he's exploring that, yeah, yeah. like like we said, he's he's exploring who he is and what that means to him, mm-hmm. and and to the greater world. Yeah, and so um yeah, and so kind of going back to his childhood, like I think he got involved in making music real young, um, uh, playing guitar, I think, first off, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and sort of at that. In his teenage years, getting his first four-track tape recorder again. That's what they all the did. Basement. Yeah, he said like, <laughs> he said once he started, he found that and he started messing around with things. He was like, you know, in a new world kind of thing. And right, I think escaping into music and music creation for him kind of, you know, saved him from that kind mm-hmm. of being picked on at school. And yeah, a place to let out some of these emotions. Yeah, um, have some self-expression. Yeah. And, you know, a a chance to get away from these day-to-day, you know, goings-on that maybe aren't always necessarily super pleasant for, you know, a growing adolescent creative mind. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, this guy's exploring and he's always looking for outlets to express himself. And one of those ways that he does it really well is through music. Yeah. Um, I think, so yeah, back to him growing up, he was, before he was in My Morning Jacket, he was in a band called Month of Sundays. Mm -hmm. And, um... I guess still I guess still around. I think apparently I'm not sure how big they are. I'm not sure. I didn't get into yeah. any research on that. I guess they're still around, but they were under a new name called Mont de Sunda. Yeah, Mont de Sunda. It sounds like the same thing in French or in Spanish or something. Mont de Sunda. Mont of Sundays. Yeah. Sundua. Mont de Sundua. I don't know, but that's not the band we're talking about. So we don't need to know how to say it. We're not talking about. Forget that, it. Man. But you know, so he's putting in his time. He's he's working and he's learning how to how to do stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I don't really know. Also, the founding of my morning jacket or, and all of that. But they, it sounds like they've been around for a long time because he graduated high school in '96, and you said their mm-hmm. first album came out in like '99 or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. So pretty soon after, you know, that you know they did their thing um i don't know how big the debut album was or anything like that do you know anything about no but yeah. i think i mean they they certainly got a, a following and got yeah. critical acclaim and i think you know they're a pretty semi-known band yeah yeah um i yeah. I, I wanted to do some more research but i didn't have the time yeah, yeah. i mean and i i still want to check them out and yeah and listen to the some of, some of that stuff i did listen to one of the albums i can't remember what it was called mm-hmm. it's got like a green kind of robot eye or something on it mm. And there's some cool stuff in there. Just kind of real vibey, kind of even a darker tinge to it. Yeah. You know, a little bit of a country kick. Yeah. I only heard a few things. It sounds kind of, um, yeah, sort of indie, 
rock. I, I, didn't, I didn't really hear the country in what I was listening to. I listened to a few, like um, the most recent album. Um, I don't have the name in front of me right now, but it was like a part two to the previous one that they had come out. Yeah, right. It was a continuation of what he was working on before. Yeah, they said basically that, you know, they'd done that whole studio album and they had a bunch of tracks they didn't actually put on the album, but they still loved. And and uh, quarantine happens, mm-hmm. COVID happens, and uh, Jim, Jim, oh. Uh-oh. G- no, it's Jim, isn't it? Yeah, it's Jim James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, <laughs> I was you're like right. in my corner. Um, yeah, he went on one of his long walks and uh, put his uh, mm-hmm. iTunes on, his playlist. And he said the funny thing that happens is like, you know, he'll just put it on to listen to music. But what invariably happens is his own music will come up as well. Right. He doesn't use Spotify. He uses like old school Apple music and you can mix in your own tracks that you've uploaded that you haven't released it anywhere. You mm-hmm. know, just on your playlist well, kind of thing. Back yeah, I found iTunes that out. Day, yeah. Every time I bounce something down from, from Logic yeah or whatever it goes into your, it kind of yeah, yeah i didn't i don't know if i meant to set that up but it, it was set up automatically and yeah. it'll just pop up on my itunes yeah and then which is yeah i mean it's just it, which is cool it's there yeah and so and, he said like he went on this walk and then he was like starting to hear tracks that they didn't release on that album right and then he contacted the rest of the band and he was like maybe we should just put this out it's like a volume two and right uh, yeah they just I think mixed it and then released it i think that's all they did they didn't re-record anything but, yeah and th- that was the one where they were using the the orchestra from his hometown. No, that's a completely. So that's that was a separate a project. Thing, yeah, okay, yeah. but um, yeah. So I mean, we can't really not talk about my morning jacket when you're talking about Jim right. James and his, uh, you know, because you think he we- he weaves in between doing obviously their stuff and then doing his own solo stuff for in, sure in between tours and and everything like that. Yeah, and I th- he's been you know building these banks of ideas and whatnot, which is why they're in his iTunes or yeah, yeah. Apple Music, whichever one you want to call it, um, over the years. But with My Morning Jacket, they basically had a stint of 10 plus years where he was concentrating on that, yeah. releasing it and touring them yeah, yeah. pretty extensively and stuff. Um, one of the cool things, I think for the first his first two solo albums, um, you probably saw this somewhere where they were, he was working with a friend, um, for working on some music that was supposed to be a movie yeah yeah and that ended up not being made and i think he said they got fired from the project for one reason or another yeah which Uh, is weird because i think it was his friend that was making the movie yeah so did his friend fire him um is that he's he said that specifically in one interview but also the film hasn't been made so right could be one of those film things where they didn't actually have the money to make the film anyway and yeah, they got hired some people and then had to get rid of them. I don't know. No, totally. Um, but but I th- was this the same story where he was reading a book and it was like a picture? Yeah, book? there were no words, and he was. So it's called God's Man. Mm-hmm. I think it was released in like early nineteen hundreds, like nineteen eighteen or nineteen twenty or something. And apparently, it's like a. It's probably the first graphic novel, at least in like modern American history, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, where it was just all pictures no words mm-hmm. and uh i don't really know the full story of it but it sounds very interesting and like you know it's about this one character that kind of has these highs and lows throughout the story kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah even though it's just pictures it's still telling a narrative yeah and so he uh, jim i think along with someone else it sounds like started to compose some music for a soundtrack for the, a movie version that was gonna be made of god's man right didn't end up happening but 
he ended up with all this material that he wrote. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he's sort of exploring also not just like songwriting, but sort of soundscapey type ideas and totally. stuff like that. Um, and so from what I know, that sort of ended up being the basis for his 2016 album, Eternally Even. Yeah. Um, which is what we started the show playing the track off of yeah, that, which is, yeah. that's probably my number one Jim James solo album. Yeah. And then um, my number two would be that first album in 2013. My number one is his most recent one, but we can talk about that. Yeah, now. okay. Well, I, I like how we're on different ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that one came out when? Just the last couple of years? Oh, yeah. It's last... Oh, 2019. 2019. So, so I mean, a couple years ago. And it's not actually... I don't think it's a completely original album. The Order of Nature, 2019. I think it's basically recorded live with the orchestra. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some tracks from his previous albums that he's done redone in that in that the, in the, that, that new style that they yeah. wanted to go for which yeah. is cool um yeah i mean i guess we can we can touch on this first album though 2013 was regions of light yeah. and sound of god yeah. um yeah the first track is is super cool um mm -hmm. state of the art mm. or a-e-i-o-u mm. which is pretty cool and that's that's one of the tracks that i i discovered him yeah and it's kind of it's interesting because he's saying a-e-i-o-u and those are the vowels Mm. in in the english language yeah and i think some artists use those as um weird you know ways to to get vocals but not actually saying words oh really so like you know they'll use them as background as a, a vocal pad uh. or something i remember my dad would do that well, using, like singing your melody saying a e yeah just using these a e i o u these sounds that i'm able to say and you're able to say and we can all say but use them in a way that that creates a sonic mm. landscape without actually using words i never heard that it's something new i've learned now yeah yeah it's kind yeah. of a cool technique and it's usually it's not super upfront. Yeah. it's it's kind of like a background thing in in places that i've heard it yeah. but again most of the time it's heard it's kind of just in the back it's like <laughs> you know so you can kind of create these kind of soundscapes with like, it and double it. yeah 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 that sounds that was my didgeridoo impression first yeah. time on the show yeah. uh, it's pretty good i know you're gonna tiktok that i know it yeah <laughs> yeah check us out on tiktok guys signal radio tiktok i think that's what it's called yes at signal radio Where we have some of our best clips and stuff our best insights and knowledge that we have learned here today all the bombs we dropped yeah totally and again for everybody listening this is this is the show where we're exploring these artists for the first time a lot of the time too yeah i knew this guy a little bit about him but i'm still doing a lot of research for this show mm -hmm. jay didn't know who it was at all not at all um, so you know we're, we're coming a lot of times from barely knowing who these people are and we're here exploring and trying to just yeah. uh, you know get the word out and explore and learn with everybody listening yeah so yeah. We're, we're kind of all in this together yeah so um so that that's a cool album in 2013 he released that mm -hmm. regions of light and sound of god it's kind of like an indie it, it it mostly comes off as indie to me but you can hear a little bit of his country influence smooth yeah. vocal stylings cool songwriting yeah um it, but it's still mostly drums bass guitar and some keyboards right creating these soundscapes yeah, yeah um i think i think it was pretty cool i, I think we maybe should tr play a track off that one yeah i was trying to see if i oh i did have the ai aeiou yeah well let's play that because it's a, it's uh, a cool one we talked about it a little bit so this is the first 
track from that album? Mm-hmm. Okay. State of the Art, A-E-I-O-U, off Regions of Light and Sound of God. A-E-I-O-U. I love how that builds up. Yeah. And it gets really funky. Yeah, it's funky, but it has kind of a serious undertone. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of that track just kind of builds up from nothing, from just that, that beautiful kind of crisp piano part. Yeah. And I love when the, the strings come in with that guitar riff comes in. Yeah, yeah. I can't get enough. I love some tracks that just have a simple guitar, but it's kind of a funky little riff. Yeah. It just sounds like a kind of a dry, clean, a little distorted, but clean yeah guitar sound i love it man yeah me too the cool ethereal vocals going on in the background yeah um so he creates a vibe he's super good yeah i mean it it takes me away yeah definitely and uh i I can't wait to just talk about his most recent thing because yeah i like how we 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 have different albums when we discover these artists and we're talking about them over the show yeah and like I, i i like the first two albums and you like the last album well i i yeah yeah I guess like the order of nature, I listened all the way through from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and I was blown away. I was blown away so much that it is now even just on first listen has become one of my favorite albums. That's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, like I want to go and get it on vinyl and, and have nice. it in my collection. You know, I want to spin it that way um, through the speakers and that. But um, yeah, but I did go back and listen to these albums like. I have to be honest, I'm not really so much a fan of just his acoustic stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of it's okay. I think I'm just not really into acoustic singer, songwriter stuff in general. Yeah, but, that, um, that usually doesn't hit me too hard either. Yeah. Like, I respect it, and he's he's obviously can write a song. Yeah. And he, he can obviously create vibes with his soundscapes and, and using the studio to yeah. manipulate different instruments. Yeah, yeah. Including his vocals. But it's interesting for me, because like, yeah, his acoustic stuff is very... I would say traditional singer songwriter sounding. Right. But then when he does these albums of all of these instruments, he gets very soulful and mm-hmm. um, funky in a way. Like if the bass line in that track is to me groovy, you know. Totally. It's got a groove going on. And then, yeah. like I was saying with that guitar, it becomes yeah. like some yeah. groovy, funky, yeah. kind of beautiful melodies and stuff over kind of a cool, sick beat that's building up. Yeah, yeah. And then it I it feels kind of serious. Yeah. You know, kind of cinematic. Yeah, yeah. And like it, it's doing what it means to do. Yeah. But over the top there's this kind of funky Yeah, yeah. simplistic a simple bass part, simple guitar yeah. part. Yeah. Um but just doing exactly what they need to do to create a cool vibe. Yeah. And um yeah, a lot of his stuff like that track as well and definitely The Order of Nature reminds me of Richard Ashcroft's solo stuff. I don't know, I don't know the name. He was in a band called The Verve. I think I mentioned Oh, no, The Verve. Yeah, 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 totally. They had that one big track in the early 2000s, something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but his solo stuff, Richard Ashcroft's solo stuff, is really good. We should probably talk about him in an episode as well. I would love to. Because it's very much in this realm, I think. Um, yeah. That kind of, yeah, kind of rocky. Yeah, kind of indie vibes, soul, but doing it with a nice finesse. Soul. I think it's a way, I just call it soul, actually. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. think of soul as um, Motown or, um, you know, some of those older artists, Sam Cooke or whatever kind of thing. Right. Which it is, but 
But a lot of these guys that are doing this sort of indie music, I think it's a new form of sort of modern soul. To mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it's a new take. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm just kind of coming up on that and discovering yeah. how that, that sound has drifted. Because if somebody says soul to me, mm-hmm. I would normally think right off the top, like, oh, okay, it's kind of old school sounding. Yeah, either but, that or some people would think it's like neo-soul, like Eric Abedu or you know, right. the newer stuff kind of thing. But, which is, um, which is yeah. very soulful. Yeah. And and very soul. Yeah. But you can bring this. I love how they bring it into like, because I would say Jim James, these first two albums, especially kind of indie rock right mm. off the cuff. Like, what else would you call it? You know, it's it feels indie rock to me, but it's very soulful. Uh, yeah. I thought I thought Regions of Light and Sound of, of God was funky is what I wrote. Mm-hmm. And then Eternally Even, I said, you know, nice album with a lot more kind of soul slash r&b licks nice that's kind of what i got from it um um yeah in those two which are two those are two really great albums for sure yeah i would say that. and yeah so we can just transition right to eternally even which uh, was in 2016 yeah three years after that first one and i think it was the same story he was he was doing an instrumental score for a couple films and then it never got used well that was the one i think with about god's was it only uh, that first album? Yeah, I think so. So I then, mean, or maybe the first one was a part of that as well. And I just two albums off of the back of that is possible. I'm not sure. Wh- what I had read was there's yeah. two films that he was working on. Oh, okay. And so I'm not sure. I think maybe it's all mixed up. I see. And yeah. the thing is, he's always working on stuff either way. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's going to be used for a specific project or not, mm-hmm. and you know, he has these banks of of ideas. Yeah, yeah. And you know, one of the things that many artists do, he's, he would record it because he said sometimes good ideas would pop up at the worst time, you know, yeah. the worst quote unquote time. <laughs> when he's meditating, he said one yeah. time. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And when you're not supposed to be thinking about anything necessarily, maybe he's trying to not think about things in your head while you're trying to be in that state of meditation. Mm-hmm. But they come up either way. So, yeah. yeah, it's a great idea to pull that, um, yeah, that voice memos up and record it real quick and then go back in the studio later and try to make it into a real thing. Yeah, he basically said that. It's like, you know, whenever you get an idea, it kind of comes from nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of a gift in a way. And if you, you know, it's kind of like you should do something with it, you know. And that's the way he looks at it kind of thing. You know, he'll get an idea from Melody out of nowhere, record it as a voice memo, um, won't listen to it for ages kind of thing, but we'll find it, come back to it, and then build a song off of it kind of thing. Yeah, like you were saying before, yeah. so much time passes that you almost forget, oh yeah, I recorded this on my voice memos, and that comes yeah. up yeah, yeah. on your iTunes playlist yeah. while you're taking a long walk, yeah. trying to get away from everything. Yeah. And like, boom, oh, like that's actually kind of good. <laughs> like, I sang that? That's Okay, yeah. I'm going to go back to the studio and kind of work on that. But it's interesting, though, because he has like two approaches, um, when he does his solo stuff versus My Morning Jacket. Because uh, for My Morning Jacket, he's like the lead songwriter and he produces the albums as well. Right. But it is obviously a collaborative effort. And um, I think he originally demoed full songs kind of thing for the band. And then kind of, I think it was someone in the band or the engineer or something was like, you got to stop making these demos, man, mm-hmm. because they're like really good and really well like flashed flashed out and it's like we're just spending our time trying to recapture that that magic that magic in, in re-recording it and we can't half the time we're just trying to better the demo right so he was like you gotta stop making demos 
And so he did. He stopped actually making demos of mm -hmm. songs for My Morning Jacket, and instead he does the the voice memo thing. And then when he's with the other guys in the band, that's when they'll actually write the song kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a super cool thing. Yeah. That he would go from trying to make it the best thing that you can in the spot yeah. and kind of trying to mix it as he goes and like, this, yeah, yeah. I want to go for it yeah. and create what's in my head. And you get so so far, so close yeah. and you hit it, yeah. but with the intention of redoing it yeah. the real way or the better way in the real studio. Yeah. So, and that it kind of gets mixed up. Yeah. I mean, demo-itis, right? Is that, I think, something that a lot of um, <laughs> yeah. musicians or artists experience because of that same reason, you, you got the magic of the demo. Yeah, the only sort of uh, bad demos I've heard, uh, uh, you know, Kurt Cobain had a bunch of bad demos. Like, actually when, bad? When I say bad, I mean, like, you couldn't... He couldn't release that i know like we talked about ariel pink and he just mm -hmm. kind of released it but he was spending time ariel pink was spending time to produce even on his tape recorder he was like doing overdubs and playing the parts until he got on how he wanted them right you know the kurt Cobain demos were just literally him with a guitar hitting record kind of thing mm -hmm. um the reason i know about this there's, there was a film that came out um i can't remember the name of it but it was it used uh a lot of his old uh drawings that he'd done in journals and stuff and all of his old demo tapes and they mixed it together with like interviews of people that knew him and and they created some like animation like mm -hmm. which is some people didn't like that in that movie because it was like cartoonish or whatever sort of thing right but it was it's worth seeing because you get to hear all of like Kurt Cobain's original demos for stuff that wasn't released or that's super cool I've never heard was, of that yeah and like uh, a lot of really weird experimental shit like he was just doing weird glitchy sounds and shit like uh -huh. that um, do you remember what that was called by chance I'll have to look it I can if we play another track at some point I'll look it up and okay. I'll tell everyone or we'll, we'll put that out on social yeah. media or something <laughs> yeah. in, but, the, in um, the comments somewhere yeah but so like yeah the thing about demoitis I guess is that um you know, some artists like that, you know, you could tell it was literally just a scratch pad, like Kurt Cobain stuff. It was mm -hmm. just literally a, a note. Put a recorder on and play what he wanted to play and yeah. that's it. Yeah, but then, you know, for other artists like Jim was doing, you know, he was like basically producing the track. <laughs> right, yeah. Because he's a gearhead, he said as well, like he's into microphones and like, you know, mm -hmm. all the studio equipment. And so, yeah, when I was saying the two approaches, so when he does his solo stuff, he just goes straight to his home studio gear right, and just starts writing and recording with the intent of it eventually being a finished song that he mm -hmm. releases kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you could do both ways and both ways are fine. Yeah. And, and a lot of people's tracks, um, what comes to mind is foster the people's pumped up kicks. Mm, I didn't and, know the band name, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. the other kids with the pumped up. Oh, kicks. okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that song. song so it's yeah. pretty big and it's still big. Yeah, and yeah, even yeah. though that came out like 10 years ago by now, mm -hmm. as far as I know, that was a demo for pumped up kicks but the when one it, they released yeah but when okay. it was brought to the studio <laughs> yeah. they were like we're just going to release this this is good there you go and so it ended up on the album and that's the single that we all know and love today yeah. well another great thing uh another nirvana reference but the first foo fighters record mm -hmm. um that was an interesting way because he i think he dave Grohl did demo all the songs himself at home but then he rented a studio out here in washington 
and uh, he went in for a week and recorded the entire album all by himself. Right, that was mostly him on the first Foo Fighters album, right? All, yeah, playing all the instruments. I might have talked about this before, but yeah, he basically played. He would like go and play the drum part all the way through, just the drums, because mm -hmm. he'd already prearranged it. He knew what he where the chorus was, where the verse was. How right. He just like lay down the drum track, then he'd run into the next room, record the guitars, run into the next room, record the bass line, and then he would record the vocals over the top of it. And then would just, he just kept doing that until he recorded the whole. And that's what the first Foo Fighters album is. So it's kind of demo style in a way, because he's just running around and he had an engineer, obviously, in a nice studio to right. record in. But, um, Which makes you, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the times the only difference between a, a good demo and a final yeah. track as you would consider it the is clarity of the recording maybe yeah. yeah and it's interesting because i mean yeah you can do it any way there's no rules you don't have yeah. to be in a legit studio as we yeah. know there's so many Especially so many now. songs on the radio are are getting famous from tiktok for example oh really and yeah. and these some of these are just kids in their like teenagers in their house with their laptop yeah and now these songs are on the radio yeah. and there's no big studio time there's no big budget yeah, yeah. and yet these are the hottest songs in the world yeah, yeah. so uh, you know the sky's the limit there's no you don't need to go into the big studio these days to to get big things done exactly necessarily yeah. yeah that's that's the message i'm trying to show out people yeah to throw out there because yeah it doesn't matter what equipment you use just you know it's about your technique yeah but and, how you uh, it's about how you use what you have available yeah, I mean, I think because even if you don't have the best equipment in the world, it's not, if you have a computer and you have the software, you just need to try and teach yourself the fundamentals of like EQing things, you know, and mixing things. Or even if you don't know how to mix it, find someone that can, like you can record it all yourself and then send it to someone who knows how about mixing. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and they can most of the time fix <laughs> some of those issues. Totally. Because I mean, I think that's the worst thing is like, I think you can do anything. It doesn't matter what gear you have, but if you... But there is a noticeable, you know, you do notice something that's just not mixed properly. And it can be jarring, you know, because if you know anything about frequencies and frequencies interacting with each other. Yeah, and, and phase. You know, and yeah, it can like make some weird, like, can tweak you out a little bit sometimes mm -hmm. if you listen to it, especially on headphones. So Totally. <laughs> totally. But yeah. So anyway, we're still on Eternally Even 2016. I think right before this, he had moved to Los Angeles, mm, okay. as far as I know. Yeah. And so um, I think we're still not exactly sure whether he was using this music from these films that he was working on or not. We'll just yeah. leave that up. to If you, anybody knows, let us know. Yeah. Hit us up with that email. We'll, we'll tell you at the end. Or you got it right now? Throw it. Roots to grooves at signalradio.com. That's it. So let us know if you guys know anything more than we do. But I think either way, he, I, I was reading and I wrote down in my notes that he was meditating on this stuff for years. Mm -hmm. And he had these ideas going for years. And it might have been the same situation where he found it in his playlist. Yeah. And uh, then got the spark because of the new area, the new city, Los Angeles, that he was living in. And kind of felt this renewed energy to, to kind of revisit this music yeah. and this material. Yeah. And he was inspired to create the whole rest of the album yeah. and, and really follow it through and, and tour with it and everything. And so, yeah, Eternal Even's one of my favorites. I would, I'd probably start with that album if you're getting into Jim James. Yeah. Um, and then I would start with this first one and or second one you'd listen to mm -hmm. his 2013 release, which was his first release. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a super cool album, super vibey. Yeah. Just a lot of space. It's it's almost ambient at points. Mm -hmm. Still good songwriting, mm -hmm. cool vocals. 
beautiful vibrations, man. Yeah, yeah. Also, he also said he wanted it to be uh, more danceable. Um, you know, so he put a little rhythm in the album and stuff like that. Yeah, there's but, there's yeah. A, a nice beat, yeah. and he keeps that groove going most of the time, most yeah. of the way through. Yeah. So, I, I I enjoy it for that reason. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. That's all I got on that album. I mean, it's good. It's cool. The The album cover is like a red background and I think it's his face with like a mask over him or something. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Like some kind of clown face, but it's it's cool. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, from there, he went and did that tribute too, which is mostly or all George Harrison um, tracks that he recorded himself as Jim James. Um, is that are we in agreement um, on that? I don't know about that one. The first one tribute to was George Harrison covers. Oh, oh, that's what I meant to say. Uh, I'm not. I, I have noticed on some of these <clears throat> releases, artists will release. They'll relist. They'll re-release their albums. Oh, and yeah. it'll, it'll come up. It'll so on Wikipedia. It'll say released in 2008. Yeah, but. On Spotify, it'll say 2018. Yeah, yeah. Because they re-release it, and apparently, it seems like a lot of artists take music off of Spotify and then re-release it. Well, sometimes at a later date. they, yeah, because it was made before Spotify existed, and then they'll upload it, and they won't bother to get the date correct. They'll just it will be the date of whenever they uploaded it. Right, so even though it was actually <laughs> quote yeah. unquote released yeah, yeah. before that. So I guess that makes sense, though. Yeah, these yeah. new apps and stuff coming out every yeah, yeah. every few years faster and faster these days yeah there's always a new hot music app to to get your latest stuff mm -hmm. so i mean on spotify that says seven 2017 and it says reissue so yeah. i think that came out before but you yeah, know yeah. there it is on spotify and then tribute to two, two. 2017 <laughs> and i think um that's more of the same for example the first track off that is i, I just wasn't made for these times yeah. which is a, originally a beach boys track oh okay and that's all them that's yeah. off pet sounds which okay. came out late 60s early 70s right but they're not all they're not all um beach boys songs on that right it's not all beach boys okay, yeah it's probably just covers of other I, but i think it's all covers so i think i think we're in agreement with mm -hmm. that and we'll just roll with it i'm sure it's good stuff i didn't listen to this one all the way through no. i popped in here and there and i definitely listened to that that beach boys track because i love beach boys yeah um and he did it justice it's a cool it's a cool version of that song and i i would recommend listening to it mm-hmm um, from there, Uniform Distortion in 2018. So I think this is back where he goes back to uh, the Jim James style a little bit. And again, I didn't listen to this one that much. Yes, uh, it's very... Gr it's not really like his other things, I don't think. It's more grungy and lo-fi, like yeah. rock. He did switch it up a little bit. It's more, yeah. a little more raw. Some people have said it's similar to like T-Rex. I don't know if you... I've heard the name. Um, I haven't checked him out. Yeah, and um, there, there was one track, actually, that I might like to play called no secrets because it reminds me of dreams by fleetwood mac um that you know that track thunder only happens when it's raining mm -hmm, yeah like there's something going on in this track where it really reminds me of that song okay so i'll just play it so you can see if you hear that yeah i would love to that sounds very you know, interesting you know that track i'm talking about the fleetwood mac one. totally right? okay love me some fleetwood all right this is off of uniform distortion nice let's check it out Fleetwood Mac. His vocals sound like the Fleetwood Mac 
vocalist, the the male. Oh yeah. I think a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I think you could hear a little bit of that country kind of. Yeah, and I think also the ooze in the background. Uh huh. Like sort of made me think of that track a little bit. Is that track off of Rumors by Fleetwood Mac? Is that the album? Yeah, that I think does? so. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. that's the one I'm most familiar with. So that's the one that came into mind. That's, that's their classic one, I think. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Which another documentary you need to see is about the um, recording studio that that was made in. I think it's called Silver City Studios. Mm-hmm. And Dave Grohl makes an appearance in that as well. Because oh, then you talk Sound City. Sound City. Yeah. Yes, I, that is on my list. Actually, I think it's a documentary Dave Grohl directed about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he produced it. Yeah, because they recorded a Nirvana album there. He's done some Foo Fighters stuff. That's where they recorded Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, a bunch of other things, Rage Against the Machine. You think Tom Petty, yeah, Heartbreakers yeah. recorded there? It's really, it's not there anymore. That's what sort of the documentary is about. It sort of talks about the history of the people there, the equipment, all the, the room. The, the drum sound mm-hmm. that they got in that room was just like so unique. Um, it was a legendary studio. It's a great documentary. Yeah. Sound Watch City in, in Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I do. That's, I, I think you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, it was on Netflix for a little while. I, I think that's what Was it? A long time ago. You know, things come and go from Netflix. So, <laughs> why? Well, I've completely wasted my Netflix subscription by not watching Sound City then. Wow. Yeah. But, um, Lame. But I would definitely recommend watching that. That's definitely on my list of things to watch. So yes. thank you for bringing that back up, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would re-watch it, actually. Yeah, it's that good. Maybe we should have movie night. We need to. I'll bring the popcorn. In the new studio. Well, uh, we got to we'll yeah. do that. Yeah. Signal moving up in the world. Getting a, a bigger, multi-room, multifaceted. Has a bathroom. Yes. Has high ceilings, big windows. Yes. Follow us on TikTok. You can see some making of the yes. studio. It's just getting set up. We just moved. Yeah, just me. A bunch some, of stuff in there and it's not set up. Got some painting to do. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's a cool kind of stripped down album. It's not as much of a creating soundscapes. I think it's a little more focused on songwriting. Yeah, so it's an interesting thing. Uniform Distortion, he said he wanted to make something that was intentional chaos and dirt. It definitely um, sounds dirty. That's probably like one of the most stripped back tracks from that album. The rest are pretty heavy. And, um, yeah, the interesting thing about this, though, is he, he released another album in the same year called Uniform Clarity. It's all exactly the same songs, but but just him, acoustic guitar, and singing. Got, okay, cool. Yeah, so it was like, and he actually said it was his manager's idea. Like, he did Uniform Distortion, and the album cover is like this distorted image. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, the idea, I think, first floated by his manager was like well what if you did like an album that was uniform clarity and the album cover was the the original image not distorted and the and the um uh, the uh like the the music is all stripped back so it's more focused and so he said about this is he said he wanted to do something that's more document style of recording where it's just a person and a guitar mm-hmm. um even if like there's like sort of flaws in there um but he kind of wanted to recreate that old way of recording when you know you couldn't fix anything, and the artist just went into the studio and laid it down. And that's there's a couple of mistakes here and there, but it, it's, yeah. it retains that live energy. Yeah, yeah because yeah. people are human, and humans make mistakes, and it's not crystal perfect. Which is, I love that in music, really. I, you know, happy accidents and all that. I, I love those imperfections in, 
in recordings and you know yeah i think that resonates with your everyday music listener type person because if you hear something like that it's like oh man that that was just a dude in a studio on a saturday afternoon yeah 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 that's what i do (laughs) that's like me that's like me i do that yeah so yeah so i mean uniform distortion i think he, he he i think he kind of based the album and he got the inspiration based on the photograph originally Mm, okay and it was i think it was um he discovered this photo in 1971 mm. from a publication called The Last Whole Earth Catalog. Okay. And I guess this image called The Illuminated Man mm-hmm. is what ended up being on there. Mm. And with this release, I think he he released like the letter that he asked the editor or the, the photographer oh, yeah, yeah. in order to use that image for the album. Yeah. And that's kind of where the inspiration came from. And he kind of created the music based off of that. Yeah. So just a little tidbit there for the the cover art that's a great way of going about things as well it seems like mm-hmm. he does this a lot he draws inspiration from imagery yeah from something like, that's kind of already here yeah something you know a rock yeah you know i'm talking a metaphorical rock something to latch on to not the rock not not the rock <laughs> dwayne johnson <laughs> yeah. although i would be happy to have a whole podcast about the rock what a guy he's got a new show out now the young rock or something oh i think i think i just came across an ad for that the other day i I don't know if that was real that sounds i don't know if i'll watch that but i respect the guy as he's pretty funny in the movies that i've seen him in yeah yeah so who would have known we would have talked about dwayne the rock johnson we we never know what's going to come up on this podcast (laughs) and we like it to get a little weird Mm -hmm. we i'm always happy to talk about the rock um so yeah and then i think for that we're talking about uniform distortion 2018 and you can see that kind of distorted mm-hmm. um image the illuminated man mm-hmm. and then the next album uniform clarity mm-hmm. they kind of used a similar image yeah but it's a little more a little more clear a little more crystal yeah um but you know looking at them right now as we're talking it's not that much more crystal let me bring it up it's 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 a similar image but it's not the same image it's kind of they both rock it kind of black and white or even a kind of sepia tone yeah so i'm not sure if it's a a different image or if it's just a doctored image and they did it in photoshop or something but it's slightly different it's slightly more crystal clear yeah and uh, just keeping with the theme of the uniform distortion yeah with the the music as it was and then uniform clarity with the music as it was more acoustic and stripped back yeah yeah Um, so i thought that was cool also came out in 2018 yeah from there all we got to talk about is uh 2019 his last release the latest from jim james the order of nature and my new favorite album of all time i'm excited about that (laughs) because it's cool to you don't always bring up a, a random artist like hey bro you should check this out yeah and then somebody actually really likes it yeah yeah, I mean, I I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know his name when you sent it to me, and uh, yeah, first thing I did was fire up the old Spotify machine and uh, so old fashioned check out his uh, yeah uh, latest album, which was done with the Louisville Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And he worked pretty closely with Teddy Abrams, I think was his name. Yeah, uh, a close collaborator. Yeah, he said. Um, I think that what they did with this is he so teddy abrams basically wrote all the orchestration for these songs so jim james doing a lot of the songwriting yeah as far as the basic format and then he did a lot of the yeah and he sort of trusted teddy to just go ahead and do 
all the orchestration because he didn't mm. Jim doesn't really know anything about that sort of stuff. He knows what he likes, what right. he doesn't like, but he doesn't know how to do it. Like, do the clarinet on this part, the <laughs> exactly, strings, yeah, yeah. the horns, he would how to know. arrange that. That's a whole... I, I wouldn't even know. That's a whole that. world of conducting. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, but every song features the the Louisville yeah. orchestra. Yeah, so on that, and he said the interesting thing was, this, I think he, he did tour this album around a bit. And the good thing about it, having orchestrated is basically he said they could roll into any city and give the sheet music to any orchestra mm -hmm. and they would just be able to just do it without rehearsal like live which just sounds scary to me <laughs> like I'm, I'm just like playing with this 30 piece orchestra i hope they fucking get it right one uh, two three four and see what happens i think that's just the beauty of sheet music classical music that's, classical yeah that's the beauty of, of being able to write yeah. out sheet music and and musicians being able to read it yeah and and do it on the spot basically i mean that's yeah i can't imagine how much yeah i'd be very nervous yeah um but it's cool to see the the level of professionalism that is yeah. possible yeah, yeah and and they made it work so you don't have to tour yeah. And, yeah. and find hotel rooms for a, a orchestra of 50 exactly. 75 people exactly yeah which actually i don't think you're allowed to do because um i worked a little bit in the past for seattle opera um, mm, not, i did not know yeah not in a musical capacity but i uh i did their website <laughs> in-house for so a Jay while. does nice um but i you know you i learned about there's a lot of like unions with orchestras and stuff like that mm -hmm. and um you know it's kind of like with the acting guild and stuff like that as well they have all these rules about how much you can get paid and how long you're supposed to work for and all this sort of stuff so you can't just take the seattle symphony to another city like because it's against all the rules of the unions and uh, there's stuff an like ordinance that. yeah like, this is our territory this is where our symphony yeah. plays and you're not allowed to come in here yes yeah, so i didn't know that yes yeah, so you can't have i don't know if they have traveled i don't think they do though i think each city has their own orchestra and symphony mm -hmm. and and uh yeah if you want to work with those people in any capacity whether it be bringing them into a studio for a film score or playing a show you have to abide by all of these rules and regulations and laws and stuff like that so that's actually kind of cool yeah keep it in the community i mean it's good for them yeah the musicians i guess as well like if you're in a symphony you know and then there's all these possibilities to do different things mm -hmm. like stuff that the you like you know the opera here uses the seattle symphony right and the seattle symphony also does other things for other bands that come through that want to use an orchestra mm -hmm. or um i saw once the seattle symphony did for halloween they played the Hitchcock movie Psycho, and they did a live score to it. To the video playing? Yeah, so you're watching the movie with That's dialogue amazing. and everything, and, that, and the whole orchestra was below the screen doing the whole... You didn't get to see that, did you? I saw it in person. It was, really? It was amazing, yeah. Right downtown Seattle, downtown Seattle here? In Benaroya Hall in Seattle, yeah. That's amazing, downtown man. Seattle. What an experience. That was, yeah, it was great. I recommend that. That was a few years ago? That was a long time ago, yeah. Five did they, years ago, something like that. They still do stuff like that, or that, that was like a one-time. Uh, they did for a while. I have obviously haven't heard recently about anything like that. But you didn't yeah. have to pay for a ticket, did you? You were working there. I no, I did have to pay for a ticket. That's not no, well, cool. I wasn't working for opera then, so yeah. But still got to see it. That's epic. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So we're talking about the order of nature. Yeah. Super cool songwriting, super cool backing instrumentation by the Louisville Orchestra, which is yeah. uh, in Kentucky, the hometown of Jim James. Yeah, yeah. Who this episode is about. And, yeah. and it's great all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the way through from top to bottom. And they all, um, it sounds 
like it, they recorded it live the whole thing there's an audience in there as well you can hear some audience cheering on oh really some of the end of the tracks kind of thing even vocally you think he was doing this live or yeah. maybe vocals afterwards no i think it's all entirely live yeah that's amazing and it's uh i didn't you don't feel like it is at the beginning of the album but then during it you start to hear mm -hmm. the uh like i think towards the end they do a a rendition of one of his songs from his previous album so the, the audience already knows it and they're nice. like cheering and stuff like that um but yeah so it's it's an amazing album like and yeah the tracks flow from one into the other mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so that you kind, kind of cinematic of to, style yes yeah, so you kind of have to listen story. to it all the way through yeah because it's they just yeah the strings will like continue into the next song and yeah i love that i love when yeah. an album when they have that forethought to yeah, yeah. connect the tracks in such a way that there's yeah. no interruption yeah. um just just pumping up that uh what's the word i'm looking for i don't know forget it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just, just the continuation you know oh yeah continuity yeah so that's exactly okay. i think that's the word i'm looking mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. word of the word of the podcast continuation what'd you say what is it continuity continuity so today's episode is brought to you by the word continuity. Yes. And the color purple. The color? you mentioned earlier. I mentioned something about him saying purple when he's trying oh, to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are as good as our sponsors get right here. We're bringing a free podcast to everybody. And, and you know, we're working up to it. If anyone wants to be sponsored. Hey, yeah, if you want a shout out that's within, you know, logic, you know, and on topic... Maybe that's something we'll consider. Hit us up. <laughs> Hit us up. Give us that. Pay us for that. But, you know. <laughs> it's not free. We'll, hey, we'll work something out off the air. Okay, guys. Hit us up. Yeah. Um. That's all I got on Jim James, though. I think. I yeah. think. You know. I think we. Uh, I don't know if he's. He, he is he a ginger? Does he have red hair? Do we need to go over that real quick? Is he? I thought it was it's, just like strawberry blonde. Maybe. Maybe yeah, we're, we'll like go strawberry blonde. Yeah. It's a nice light yeah. brown strawberry blonde kind of. Yeah, he curly looks, he looks like your everyday rocker that you might sort of bump into down the bar or something like that to he, look, he, about music he would be at the bar so, and yeah. he'd be like i want to have a conversation with that guy because he looks yeah. like he's just chilling and he looks super nice yeah yeah and he really is he's a humble guy yeah he's an introspective guy he's yeah. looking for his place in life yeah one of the interviews i saw i think he's he's just looking for love yeah no and he's he's figuring out what that means yeah and and why he wants it and he's just kind of exploring what it means to be a person on the world yeah and he makes some really great music and i'm glad that i i found him out and i would recommend listening to almost any of his discography mm -hmm. um at any time and definitely check out his his other band my morning jacket as well i'm gonna yeah. get to exploring that as soon as possible yeah i'm gonna check that out as well um yeah because he talks about a lot variety in music is what he keeps mentioning mm -hmm. he loves variety in music yeah he's he's not yeah. like he's he's doing this indie rock he's doing stuff with the orchestra he has a yeah. country background from kentucky yeah. so you know he's it's well-rounded he's, yeah. he's mixing several genres within his his music yeah and it comes across really great yeah. it's really cool i recommend it well i would like to play out on that note with a track from my new favorite album, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I want to hear which one it is. I don't even know which one to play, but there's some there's some tracks in here that he that sounds like it's a cover of an old soul song, but I think it's his. I don't know if you've come across these songs. Um, there's one called Over and Over, and one called Same Old Lie. Mm -hmm. I think I think I'm, I'm not sure. I might 
play same old lie because it's a little bit soulful and upbeat and whatnot. Okay. So yeah, well, listen to this track, everybody. We're gonna chill out and listen to it here. Yeah. Thank you for joining. This has been Roots to Grooves. I'm Jesse Quigley. I'm Jay Purcell. Uh, hit us with that email if you guys got any uh, tidbits you want to add, any cool stories about Jim James. Tell us where you where you got into him. Or... Yeah, roots to grooves at signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com. Boom, baby. Thank Send you. Send us an email. Yeah. Thank you, Seattle. Thank you, the world. <laughs> we'll see you next time. See you next time. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.